once you go super flex, you don't go back. It's mushy today. Mm. That's right. Austin or Dill. John Chapman has mushy mud butt. Ew, I don't want to see all your shit. In a world filled with big sports companies and high-end production podcasts comes a group of guys who paid five bucks for this intro. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Welcome to another episode of DFS and Dynasty. We got a jewel for you today. Um, my boy, Steven Spacrotelli. How you doing, sir? Good, John. What's going on, man? Glad to be on here recording. Man, anytime we get to talk Dynasty, it is a blast. And today is going to be fun. We are going to be having a mock draft, a Dynasty rookie-only Superflex. So this is kind of like the... Um, this is for the hardcore peeps. Like, if you are not a serious fantasy dynasty guy, like, listen and learn. Because Superflex is kind of where it's at. Um, I, I truly believe once you go Superflex, you don't go back. That's the first time I've ever heard that. So, uh, you know, take that for what you want. But there are a couple house cleaning things before we get going. Um, the website, if you haven't checked out the new launch website at eatsleepfantasy.com, get over there. It has our rankings, our dynasty rankings, so much stuff there. And also the NFFC is coming up soon in Dallas and slash Fort Worth. If you haven't already got your tickets, use our promo code ESF and get a great deal. And also our draft kit is out there, which we worked endlessly for months and months on, and it is great. So, Steve, go ahead and take us through, before we jump into this full three-round rookie mock, um, explain what the Superflex is and why you enjoy it over a regular, just kind of standard 1QB league. Well, before I get into that, John, I want to add on to uh, NFFC. Be sure to get a hold of us over here at uh, ESF because there's going to be some after-hours good times. Uh, So be sure, whether you bug the hell out of Dale or email whoever, just get that information. There's going to be some good times after the fact. Now, getting into the Superflex, first we're going to be doing this as a full PPR draft. Okay. Now, with Superflex, you get to start two quarterbacks, which makes things a whole lot more interesting, and the draft strategy completely changes because the value of quarterbacks are very equivalent to any other position. It almost brings actual value to them as they would in real life as far as the NFL goes. So, you know, you're looking at quarterbacks going in the first round, the second round, the third round way more often than you would uh, in any other draft. So this is becoming, Superflex is becoming way more popular, especially in dynasty leagues. So if this is something that you've never done, do yourself a favor and go out and do a couple mock drafts and just see how things develop and see what players fall where and also find out if it's something you want to get into. But as John said, it's a lot of fun. And to use his words, once you go super flex, you don't go back. It it just changes everything. And I, I really think that it makes the quarterback position as valuable, if not more so than the running back position is already in fantasy. And so there is so much more flexibility in roster construction. Um, it creates such a big gap between the very, very good teams and the bad teams, which I love. I hate it whenever I'm in a league and every single team is stacked. That's just no fun. Um, you need your growing teams that kind of have this, okay, I got to build towards the future, and you need your stud teams that are trying to stay at the top. I just think that makes the fantasy just more fun. Now, to put some numbers just kind of to this value of quarterbacks, these are the rookie 
quarterbacks that were drafted and their average draft position in a super flex versus their average draft position in a rookie only one QB league. So right off the bat, Baker Mayfield is going first. His ADP and super flex is second off the board, right behind Baker or right behind Saquon Barkley. But in a one QB league, he's at 19. So you're seeing this guy jump up 17 spots um, just because of the format. And so just I'll run through these really quick. Rosen is going sixth, uh, Lamar Jackson ninth, Sam Darnold 10th. Whereas again, all those guys are going in the end of the second round in a one QB league. And then we get down to the guys that are project players. Josh Allen's going 20th in a super flex, Mason Rudolph 28, Laletta 36, and even Falk. Luke Falk is going 47th, whereas in a super flex, whereas he's undrafted in a regular. And he, yeah, I probably, man, I don't know if I'd take him in the fourth round, but it just shows you the value for quarterbacks is there. So, having said all these things and all these great introductions, let's go through a three round mock draft where Steve O and I are going to alternate picks. And I am kind of greedy, so I gave myself the first pick just so I could say his name. With the first pick in the super flex rookie only mock draft, I'm taking Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, we just had all that talk about QBs being so valuable. They are very valuable, but not near as valuable as Saquon. He should be going first in every format. I don't care what the scoring standards are. If you do not need a running back and you have that first pick, trade it. Get the farm, and you need Saquon. Number one overall, I'm going Saquon. I like it. I like it a lot. Now me sitting here at number two, John. Who do you think I'm taking at this point? And see, this is rough because, again, the experts outside of this room um, would say you got to go quarterback here. But there is a guy that we are super high on at Eat Sleep Fantasy. Who are you taking, man, number two? I'm taking Rojo at two. I like his upside a lot. I like the future that he has there in Tampa Bay. Uh, especially if you're a team that needs a running back, this is a, definitely a good spot to take him. Uh, he's really the only other running back in a super flex that I am going to consider taking over any other quarterback. So um, just, the, the, again, the upside alone, he's a complete back. Uh, he's a guy we're taking at number two, especially if you need one. Yeah, and again, a lot of this depends on your league. I'm in a few super flex leagues where it's going to go Saquon Barkley, then four straight quarterbacks, and I don't have a problem with that, but the value for Rojo is just there. Um, absolutely love that guy. With the third pick, I'm taking Lamar Jackson, the first quarterback off the board, and the reason why I take him over the others, his ceiling is higher than everybody else's. However... He will not have – he has maybe the hardest road to becoming a starter. And so if you need quarterback help now, I do not take Lamar Jackson first. But his ceiling is higher than everybody else's because of the rushing potential. Uh, a la Cam Newton, we can see what he has done, four, straight, or four finishes in the top four of quarterback play. So I'm going Lamar Jackson at three. Yeah, I like him there too. I, his ceiling is very high and just everything that he brings to the table. Uh, Lamar Jackson's got a bright future ahead of him. Now, at number four, I'm going to take the guy that I think has the easiest path to getting on the field, and that's Josh Rosen. Talks about him many times. Oof. Love the guy. I think he's the best quarterback in this class. Uh, he's going to have a bright future ahead of him uh, in Arizona. So the fact that he's sitting there at number four in a super flex, I'm okay with that. He will start week one. I have, I have already come out and said I believe in Rosen, and I think he will be the week one starter. So – um, let's see here. Number five, I'm staying quarterback. I'm going Baker Mayfield. 
Um, again, another guy with the crazy high ceiling, but when does he play? Uh, I think it's going to take him a while to overthrow Tyrod Taylor there, but we had three quarterbacks go at three, four, five. Are we going to continue that uh, theme, Steve-O, at six? We are, and this is another guy that I, I do like, and I like what he has ahead of him, and he's somebody that I could possibly see starting around midseason, depending on what they do over there with the Jets and that Sam Darnold. The guy's a gamer. Um, I think they have enough pieces there uh, for a rookie quarterback. They don't have anything extravagant, but I think they have enough pieces there. Um, you know, yeah, McCown is there. Yes, Teddy Ball game is there. Um, but I just see him coming in. If the Jets are not doing well and they're struggling midseason, as probably most people would expect, uh, I would expect them to – the throw Darnold in there and see what this kid's about. Let, let him get a feel of the game outside of the practice field. Yeah. And another thing too, he is the youngest by far of all these quarterbacks. He's just turned 21. So if he hits, you're talking about a guy that you could have a quarterback for 16 years. You know what I mean? So if you are a team that is far, far away from competing and you have a shot to get Darnold, man, just imagine getting Aaron Rodgers, not saying that he was on that trajectory, but you have a guy that could start for 16-plus years. That is just unreal. So uh, that's going to end our first run on QBs, and I think those four, there's a huge cliff after that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to jump back into the running back pool at seven, and I am taking Sony Michelle. Uh, I love this kid before he was drafted, and you have to understand there's going to be growing pains because – He's going to have a 20-point fantasy game followed by a two-point fantasy game, but long-term potential is totally there. I'm taking Sony Michelle over Geis and Penny um, just because the ceiling for me, I think, is the highest. It, it is, and the only thing I can even really lean towards with him there is just the fact that New England does not spend first-round picks on running backs. I don't even remember the last time they spent a first-round pick on a running back. So there's obviously Lawrence Maroney out of Minnesota. Is it Maroney? It was. Oh, I thought it was. I thought they got him second round. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- there's obviously you're making me question myself now. <laughs> no, you could be right, but I mean, obviously, there's something there, and they're going to get him involved. Now, the good thing is though, with the, the information that we saw about him with his knee coming out of the uh, coming into the draft, that he fell into a perfect system. Who doesn't like to beat up running backs? But anyways, right. all that aside, uh, the guy I'm taking at eight is Darius Geis, or as our buddy Austin likes to call him, Juice to get loose. Um, I think I love Geis. His upside is great. I think the guy that's going to hurt him the most is Chris Thompson. I think Geis is actually he's he can be a receiving back, and he can be a three-down back, but Chris Thompson is way too valuable to not have on the field. So that's why Geis slides down the board a little bit for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but this is crazy value to get him at the oh, eighth yeah. spot. Um, I, I most leagues will be he'll be going number two or three overall. So to get him at eight is insane. And a fact check: Lawrence Maroney did go in the first round, number twenty-first overall, the two thousand six mm. pick. So there you go, there you go, the Golden Gophers. <laughs> um, with the ninth pick, I am taking Rashad Penny. Um, I, I like Penny in the situation that he has fallen into. There are some conflicting reports coming out now, uh, which with Seattle is very, very normal. They come out and say, man, he could be a three-down back. Then they come out and say if he was starting today, Chris Carson would be the starter. But the idea of a first-round pick in that system 
has promised. The O-line is terrible, but uh, here you just got to go with the upside. Possible three down back with the ninth pick, I'm taking it. You know what I possibly see with him? Because he really is a highlight reel waiting to happen. And the fact that their offense is terrible or their offensive line, and they don't have a whole lot of receivers, I wouldn't be surprised to see some sets that you're flanking out Penny with Carson in the backfield. Yeah, I mean, both he can of, catch the ball and he can move. Yeah, both of them are And you don't want him pass too. protecting because he doesn't like to block. So right. That, that might be a play. So at number 10, I'm taking the first wide receiver off the board, and I'm taking Christian Kirk. Love the guy. I mean, yeah, he's in the best possible position. He's going to spend a year, maybe two, uh, right next to Larry Fitzgerald, learning from a Hall of Famer, one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game. Uh, and, you know, talking about Rosen uh, before, you know, just paired up with that guy. I mean, those are two very good young talents. I've been very high on Kirk uh, coming into the draft, and his stock just continues to grow with me. Yeah, and I'll say this. If you do not get Christian Kirk, who is my number one wide receiver as well, just wait on it. He is going to be starting outside until Larry Fitzgerald retires. Then he's going to move into the slot. The coaching staff has already said this. Once he's in the slot, that is maximum value right there. Uh, Just think about that offense and all the targets that go there. So understand, he's going to have a little bit of a slow start. And if that happens, jump on him. Go get him. And a couple other things. This is a very weak wide receiver draft. Very heavy in quarterback and very heavy in running back. Next year will be the exact opposite. Next year is going to be a very deep wide receiver class. So just plan that if you're trading picks and what your team needs are and all that stuff. I understand things can change in a year's time. But this is a very stout quarterback and running back draft. And next year's very light on both of those positions. So keep that in mind. Having a couple years stacked up like that with running back talent. I haven't seen that in a while either. There's been a lot of good talent coming out. Yep. Um, with the number 11 pick, I just, man, I hate this as I type it, uh, but the value is there at quarterback. This is a super flex. I'm taking Joshua Dammit Allen with the 11th pick. Um, at some point, man, the number seven overall pick, they mortgaged everything to get this kid. Oh, had no offensive line, no receiving threats, Just, but still – the idea of getting a first-round quarterback that is basically guaranteed to play at some point, I'm taking Allen here. Yeah, he's a guy that I refuse to draft. Uh, when we do these mocks, I let you or whoever else draft him because I refuse to. He could be in the third round, and I still won't draft him. But still, like, and that's the thing. like, You've got to understand he's going to play. And any quarterback that starts has value in super flex. So, like... I, I don't get it. You got to take them at some point. Can you explain to me where the value is in Buffalo? Because I know I know the people in Buffalo probably hate it too. I mean, Tyrod Taylor was, uh, you know, in that kind of twelve to eighteen range for several years. So I mean, if Tyrod could do it, like it's there. Uh, Tyrod finished sixteen, eight, and fifteen in fantasy over the last three years. So like he's literally in the top half three years in a row. Um, I don't expect that with Josh Allen, but I don't know. You got to get quarterbacks. Tyrod did that with a with a younger McCoy. Uh, yeah. When Watkins was on the field, Robert Woods was he's he wasn't great there, but he was serviceable. Charles Clay's still there, but not there's nobody there besides an old McCoy and Josh Dammit Allen and AJ McCarron. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's rough, man. Zay Jones, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, Charles Clay. Like, what are they doing? I don't know. Oh, anyway, can we move on? I'm getting mad. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's great. So at number 12, I'm going uh, with the Rolls Royce, Royce Freeman. Love the guy over there in Denver. Uh, You know, Booker should have hit by now if he was going to. Uh, He's a guy, which I did with my my Superflex startup dynasty draft that's going on right now. I handcuffed uh, Booker to Royce because those are going to be the two guys. Um, But I I just think he's going to be the guy there. And, and it's very possible right. that he's going to be the three down back. Booker will see some work, but they're going to ride this kid. I mean, they they spent some uh, heavy draft stock on him uh, to not play him, especially to start him over uh, a guy that should have hit by now. I mean, they let C.J. Anderson go. If they were that confident in Booker, they wouldn't have spent a third rounder on Royce Freeman. Um, yep. You know, the guy has all the tangibles, uh, and I think he's going to fit that system quite well. Yeah, great pick. So real quick, let's go back through the entire first round. We're doing three, so stay with us. But uh, first pick, Saquon, two, Rojo, three, Lamar Jackson, four, Rosen, five, Baker, six, Darnold, seven, Sony Michelle, eight, Geis, nine, Penny, ten, Kirk, 11, Joshua, damn it, Allen, <laughs> and 12, Royce Freeman. And this is the thing about Superflex that you have to realize. Because quarterbacks go, we had five go in the first round, you push down running backs and wide receiver talent into the second round. So understand, those first kind of 18 to 24 picks in a super flex are basically all first round picks if you are used to just doing a one quarterback league. So let's jump into the second round, and there's just crazy values values still to be had. Um, I am going Calvin Ridley with the 2.1 pick. Um, I don't see a path for him being the ultimate guy as long as Julio Jones is there. But the talent and the draft capital and the offense and all these things just say at some point Calvin Ridley has crazy value. So I'm going Calvin Ridley with the first pick in the second round. Yeah, it's definitely a valuable spot to grab. I'm going to love this round. I have a feeling I'm going to get a bunch of guys that I really like. But yep. the number two spot, I'm going to take Cortland Sutton, and I'm just going to let him get cozy on my bench for a year. And play behind Darius Tom or Demarius Thomas and uh, and Emmanuel Sanders. This guy's got unreal talent. Uh, he's going to be special, but it's going to take a year for him to, I think, to really get involved unless something happens to DT and Sanders. Yeah, and I'll say this: uh, Cortland Sutton was my wide receiver one heading into the draft. I just believe in, I believe in that kid, and he was the best fifty-fifty ball catcher um in this draft and case keenum throws great 50 50 balls he gives his players a chance so give them a year learning from a pro like demarius thomas and that offense i really think could be special so with the third pick in the second round i'm going carry on johnson um again just showing you the value that is still available here i love carry on i think he will be better a year after this as soon as the freaking touchdown hog leaves (laughs) (laughs) um but I, I really think carry-on offers a lot of value and upside long-term. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love what he's going to bring to Detroit. I think this is going to be the first guy that we're going to see in Detroit uh, that the fans here are going to be happy about uh, from the outside of the days of Barry Sanders, which obviously was a while ago. So I know I'm excited, and I know a lot of people here are excited about him. But 
I'm going to stay in that division with the fourth pick, and I'm going to go over and select Anthony Miller. Uh, love this guy. Ooh. Great route runner. Great hands. Um, and he couldn't be opposite of a better receiver. Uh, well, I shouldn't say better receiver, but should be very happy sitting next to A-Rob. I mean, Allen Robinson as your one. Anthony Miller as your two. Bringing in Trey Burton, the rest of that offense. Guy fell in a great situation, and for the talent that he is, ton of upside for him and a ton of upside for Trubisky. Yeah, fun offense, too. I'm really excited. Everybody wants to make the parallels between them and the Rams and how you went from this terrible coaching staff to a kind of new and innovative offense, and the parallels are there. I I really do think that Miller is going to be a guy that's going to contribute right away. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm staying with wide receiver with the second round, fifth pick in the second round. I'm taking DJ Moore. Um, He fell a lot in this draft. Neither one of us are too high on him just because of the offense there. Uh, They don't like to throw it a lot. And then on top of that, there's so many receiving threats that are there with Olsen, Funches, CMC. So, But here the value is just too immense for a first-round wide receiver in the NFL draft. DJ Moore with the fifth pick in the second round. Yeah, and I like that pick too. Uh, We'll see what happens over there. There's a lot of miles to feed, and Cam Newton's not the most accurate quarterback throwing the nope. ball so we'll, we'll see um with the sixth pick though i'm taking michael gallup uh this is a guy i think has the best opportunity for the now factor uh as far as these rookie wide receivers go uh alan hearns is more than likely going to be the number one guy it's talked it's already being talked about so on and so forth uh, as of right now but uh another thing that i saw that i kind of liked is that uh I already know that Gallup is a physical receiver and he has great hands, but they're talking about his aggressive style of play is parallel to Dez, except for the fact that he has his head on a little bit better. So, um, <laughs> is, Does that mean that he's dropping record number of passes? No, no, is no. Is that a compliment? <laughs> no, no. Actually, one of the biggest things is they're, they're just saying that just how he runs his routes, um, you know, he, he's not afraid to mix it up with corners. Uh, and create some space for himself and he does have really good hands and he he will be a good guy to go get 50 50 balls as well so uh, I think Dak Prescott's got um, you know a a fun new toy uh, to play with there so we'll see yeah and PFF he was um, Michael Gallup was their number one wide receiver Uh, very very seasoned ran a lot of routes had a lot of targets and just man that guy he's fun to watch Mm -hmm. so I'm excited to see what he'll do there now, round two, this is a little bit of a reach, but I wanted to get him for sure, and that is Mason Rudolph. We are going kind of the fifth quarterback or sixth quarterback off the board, um, and here I'm just kind of hoping that Ben Roethlisberger does Ben Roethlisberger things and uh, just decides to get his pennies in a bunch and retire, and if that's the case, just imagine the offensive weapons that this guy is going to have and you're getting him at a crazy value in the middle of the second round for a possible franchise quarterback. I understand he went in the third round, but again, this is what Superflex does. It pushes up these quarterbacks that might not even get drafted in regular leagues. In the seventh pick in the second round, I'm taking Mason Rudolph. I like it. You know, he's he was the best deep ball in this draft, um, in my opinion. I mean, he looks really good, and he, yeah. he looked good in college, and he is – potentially for what that offense is built for um, and getting him in a little bit later of a round, he was probably the best possible prospect they could have got in the fact that Ben Roethlisberger decides to step down. Right. So 
At number eight, I'm going to take a guy that his ADP is climbing, and I love him, and that's Naheem Hines. Uh, I like the situation that he fell into. I'll like it even more uh, if we continue to see good things out of luck and that he's going to play. And, I mean, if you guys have noticed throughout this draft, there is a name that has not been mentioned yet that I'm taking him over. So I won't be surprised if John drafts him next. But uh, Naheem Hines, he's climbing the ranks of running backs for me. Yeah, we are crazy here at Eat Sleep Fantasy, and we stick by what we believe in. And I will take him next. He should have gone earlier. I get it. <laughs> and that is Nick Chubb. I get it. But you got to do what you believe in. And whenever I cannot see a clear path to this kid getting playing time, substantial amount of carries for one of the worst offensive play callers in the history of the NFL – on a team that, man, they're very stacked, but there's so many mouths to feed. The crazy thing is, the, the freaking, I almost said Cleveland Cavaliers. The Might as well. <laughs> Cleveland Browns, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not that good. The Cleveland Browns have the most players ranked in the top 100 ADP of any team. And I do not see a way for Nick Chubb to get valuable playing times and kind of valuable a nice volume of carries and touches. I just don't see it. But I will take him here in the second round. I have no problem with him going anywhere in the second round. But the fact that his ADP in one quarterback leagues is number three is just, I don't understand it. And I could be way wrong. I love Nick Chubb before the draft. I just think he fell into the worst possible situation. Yeah, I don't have any problem with Nick Chubb. I just hate where he's at. I mean, you have Carlos Hyde, established running back in the NFL. They re-signed Duke Johnson. I mean, those guys are on three-year deals each. Um, then you bring Chubb in. You have, you know, Jarvis Landry. Uh, if Josh Gordon stays out of trouble, they have a solid wide receiver group right there. And and Tyrod Taylor is a, you know, he's he's an NFL quarterback. You know, he will play and he will make plays with those wide receivers. And there is just not enough carries now. If Nick Chubb was by himself in that horrible play calling system over there i'd still take him in the first round but yes i just i just don't like his situation one bit and the extension that they gave to duke johnson just says look nick chubb will not have 200 plus touches the next two to three years unless they cut and walk away from carlos hyde and lose just five million dollars off the cap just for no reason like it's not going to happen there's no way that this guy outside of injury or something crazy gets 200-plus carries or touches, period. So volume will not be there for him. I agree. So at number 10, I'm taking the wide receiver one of the future over there in San Francisco, and that's Dante Pettis. Uh, I absolutely love this guy. I can't wait to see uh, over the next couple years uh, how he's going to develop with Garoppolo. You know, you have Garcon, you have Goodwin there right now. They're two entirely different wide receivers, and those guys are going to be uh, the focal points of that passing game as far as wide receivers go. You know, if you look at what Garcon did uh, before he got hurt, and, and actually I want to say it was like within a couple days um, with Garcon's neck injury to when they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, and then with yep. and then within like a couple days, Garcon went on the IR. So they never even got to practice together. So they have a whole offseason together here. Uh, they, they're – they're both familiar with the system by now, so it's going to be fun to see what those two will do. But, again, Pettis, he's got a couple years to learn from one of the better route runners uh, in the game right now. 
uh, playing with one of the up-and-coming rising quarterbacks. So Dante Pettis, 10th pick in the second round, I'll take him there all day. I like it. And again, the only wide receiver in the entire NFL draft that was traded up for. And again, keep in mind, Kyle Shanahan in their offense last year through the second most pass attempts. So it is very volume heavy landing spot. Love Pettis there. At number 11 in the second round, I'm taking James Washington. Uh, just deep ball specialist. He is going to basically automatically step into that Martavis Bryant role, that kind of huge home run hitter. And if you need a bye week fill in, I have no problem with him just because he is a guy that could be one of those two catches for 70 yards and a touchdown type guy. Um, so James Washington here, I think has a lot of value. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I like him there. Uh, I'll be really curious. Yeah, I think that's what you're going to see the most out of him just because I, I think they established uh, Juju a lot last year and AB's AB. So, yeah, he's going to be that couple catch a game guy. Um, at 12, I'm taking Kalen Balage. Balage. Yeah, you know, it's nothing I'm too excited about. He's a guy that I'm more so taking. You know, if you already have Kenyon Drake and you're sitting there and we're kind of uncertain how that's going to play out, Drake should be the guy. I don't even, he's. He's a talented running back. I don't even know why they spent a draft pick on Balage, but you know he's <laughs> he's more of a third down guy. He's he spent his enti- entire career splitting time uh, in college, so it's not like he was a coveted uh, three down back coming out of college. So the biggest thing that I see out of Balage is that he's a bigger back. He's more of a, a pass catching specialist, and if Drake does go down for whatever reason, you know between him and Frank Gore. They'll, they'll split the time on first and second down, but Balazs would ultimately ultimately be the third down back. I like it. So let's go back through the second round very quickly. So the second round, uh, we went Calvin Ridley, then Sutton, carry on Johnson with the third pick, Anthony Miller four, DJ Moore five, Gallup six, then another quarterback, Mason Rudolph, Naheem Hines, Nick Chubb, crazy value there, Pettis at 10, James Washington 11, and Balazs. At 12, rounding out the second round. And our last round, round three, and you will kind of see, this is kind of where the talent starts to dip. And again, if you are targeting future trades, I always fight for first, second, and third rounders the following year. And I sell fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders and on to basically as bargaining chips. If I'm trying to get a trade done and they're like, ah, I don't know, then I'll throw in, hey, how about my next year's fourth for your next year's sixth? Something like that, just to tip the scales in my way. So with the first pick of the third round, I'm taking Deion Kane. Um, I love this guy, wide receiver for the Colts. He is already starting to get uh, early reps, and that wide receiver core is depleted outside of T.Y. Hilton. And again, if Andrew Luck comes back, man, everybody has value in that offense. So I'm going Deion Kane there. Yeah, I love that pick, man. He's his value is going to skyrocket if Andrew Luck plays. I, I really do. I, you know, I mean, yeah, they they grabbed. Um, damn, who was it? Not uh, oh, Ryan Ryan Grant, right? Yep. Yeah, so that's who they signed out of free agency. And um, Chester Rogers is still there, but I don't think they would have invested what they did in Deion Kane if they didn't like what this guy could bring to the table. So if Andrew Luck's in there. And Deion Kane, like, right, his talent is nuts. It's just he had off-the-field issues. Yeah. And so that, that forced him to drop. And if he can kind of keep his nose clean, so to speak – the talent is way above Chester Rogers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not even close. He's so. he's like the perfect talent opposite of T.Y., you know? Yep. So that could be a good pairing right there. 
And also one of the funnest guys to watch in film uh, college. He was mean as hell at Clemson and just kind of looks like a young um, Des Bryant, just how physical he is with the corners on every play. So very fun watch. I'm rooting for this kid. I hope he turns it around. Yeah, me too. So at number two, I'm going to take the first tight end off the board, and that's Aiden Hurst. You know, this is, uh, let's see, I think it was 2010 and then 2015. Baltimore spent two picks on tight ends. Yep. These two guys right here between uh, Hurst and Andrews are probably the best talents between those years uh, that they had. These guys are something special. They're great pass catchers. Uh, Hurst is a very good run blocker. Uh, I'm really excited to see what this guy will do. And it'll be, I'll be really curious to see uh, when it comes down to it, whether it's Joe Flacco or Lamar Jackson, whatever the case may be, is if they run a lot of sets with both of these guys, because they're both good route runners and they could both catch the ball and they're good at creating space and using their hands for themselves. Yeah, and again, Baltimore uses their tight end like crazy. Ben Watson was the number 11 fantasy tight end mm-hmm. last year. Um, so whoever gets that primary pass-catching role, man, sky's the limit there. I am going to stay tight end, and I'm going Gusecki. Um, I don't like the player a lot. He's super athletic, better athlete than a football player. Um, but, man, he steps into a spot that's going to have value. I will take Gusecki here in the third round. Yeah, I like it. I do like where he landed, too. Um, and here in the fourth at number four or third round and number four pick, uh, I'm going to take Jamon Moore. I think he's really going to be the guy that's going to be opposite of Devontae Adams uh, when it comes time for Randall Cobb to either step away or he's injured. I was very high on uh, Equanimous St. Brown coming out of the draft, but Jamon Moore, I just keep finding more and more love for him. So out of the three rookie wide receivers that they drafted, he's quickly become my favorite there. Nice. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, with the fifth pick in the third round, I'm going Chase Edmonds, running back for the Cardinals. Um, you know, he is a guy that is going to start climbing, and even Coach Speak is in his favor. I've bumped him up in my rankings this week just because they said he is going to be the every down backup behind DJ. And so, you know, David Johnson's holding out right now, so Chase is taking all the reps during OTAs with the ones. And just the idea, again, we are getting into lottery ticket mode, and you have to be able to find a way for these guys to become fantasy relevant, especially with running backs. And the idea, if, I don't want to say it's going to happen because I don't think it will, but if it did happen where DJ went down again, he would step in automatically and have crazy volume. Opportunity mm-hmm. is everything in fantasy, and I can see a path for Chase Edmonds to get in there. So that's why I'm taking him here. You know, Arizona did a really good job spending their draft stock on rookies on the offensive side of the ball this year. They really did. Yep. So at number six, I'm going to take Edo Smith. Biggest reason why this guy intrigues me is that even with uh, Devonta Freeman there, he has never been the clear-cut workhorse in that offense. He has always split time with somebody. And as we've talked about before, um, I, I expect Coleman to go after this year. Yeah. He's he's a great talent. He was pegged to be the lead dog at one point in time uh in his rookie year. Uh and he just does he he excels so well in like that third down role and they they split pretty evenly. A lot of it depends on game flow, but if uh if Coleman's going to be gone, I I really like Edel Smith uh next to Freeman for the years to come. 
I like it. I am. Let's go quarterback. It's super flex, man. Um, I'm going Kyle Laletta, the Richmond Spiders. Um, this kid could spin it, and there is a chance. I mean, shoot, Eli's not getting any younger. So uh, there, there's a small chance that eventually he could step into that role. And it's this is, again, this is just trying your hardest to take a lottery ticket and hope for some greatness. But I loved his film in college. I really love the way he plays. Um, he could have landed in a better spot, but here in the middle of the third round, just grasping, I, I'm trying to get somebody that could be a huge impact player in a super flex league here. Yeah, no, I agree. So at number eight, I'm going to go Justin Jackson. This is a guy that San Diego took, or not San Diego, I keep saying San Diego, Los, yeah. <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers took in. I live in Los Angeles and I still do it. <laughs> so they took him in the seventh round. This is a guy that led the Big Ten in rushing, and he just flew under the radar. I'm not really sure why he fell so far in the draft. Because, to be perfectly honest with you, this is a guy that I could see overtaking uh, Austin Eckler. And if Melvin Gordon goes down, I could see him getting a bulk of the touches. So the fact that he fell that far in the NFL draft and the fact that I'm sitting here with the eighth pick in the third round, I'm pretty happy with Justin Jackson there. Yeah, he's he's fun watch, man. Um, anybody that comes out of Northwestern, you got to root for. Just, Just because. Absolute beast. Man. Yeah. <laughs> It, they're just fun to watch. I mean, Fitzgerald, their coach, that's awesome. I love that yeah. team. Um, not the biggest Big Ten guy. I know you're up there, but, man, I, I root for Northwestern anytime they're on the field. Love that team. Love the way they play. Uh, with the ninth pick in the third round, I'm going to Sean Hamilton. And I absolutely love this kid coming out of Penn State. We'll, say, we'll stay with the Big Ten. But I think that he actually has a quicker route to fantasy relevance than Cortland Sutton just because I think he could be that third wide receiver in the slot. Um, and I love the way he is by far one of the better route runners to come out of the draft. Um, and even if he doesn't have fantasy relevance this year, I expect Emmanuel Sanders to be gone next year and he would step into that role perfectly. So Deshaun Hamilton here in the ninth pick in the third round. Yeah, I like it. And number 10, I'm going to take the other Raven tight end that I already talked about earlier. And that's Mark Andrews. I'm not going to go. You know, too in depth with this because I already talked about it. My Hearst pick, uh, how much I like these guys, but um, it'll be fun to see watching those two work together. You know, you already talked about Ben Watson before, and I mean, look at the time when Dennis Pitta was there, um, or Dennis Pitta. Well, with all his injuries, but the guy I'm really looking at is Todd Heap. I'm sorry, because he was one of the ones that was taken in uh, the 2010 draft. So, and going back to Pitta the value that he had before all his injuries. So to touch on what John said, they really utilize that tight end position in that offense. Yep. Now solid pick. And I would not be surprised if Andrews outscores Hurst uh, fantasy wise this year. Uh, he is a receiving threat and he doesn't like to block and they still took him in the third round. So um, with the 11th pick and my last pick in this fun mock draft, I'm taking John Kelly. Uh, I just think that he has an opportunity behind uh, Todd Gurley to be the guy, a great receiving option, and could even take a couple snaps away from Gurley this year just in the third down role because he catches so well out of the backfield and his similar playing style to Gurley and the fact that he's an upright runner and loves uh, contact and kind of has great contact balance out of Tennessee. So uh, I could see a way for him to find a way 
uh, to be that guy if Gurley goes down. I think he would be the prominent uh, ball carrier there. But he even has some third down value, so I'm going John Kelly there. Yeah, I like that pick. And if and and not to jinx Gurley owners out there, but if he does go down, I think John Kelly will be the guy. Like I don't know if he'll even split any carries with whatever other running back they have on their roster. I think he'll be the guy. Um, so at number twelve. I'm going to take Jalen Samuels, and I'm taking a flyer on him. I like the guy. I like what they're doing with him in camp, but there's also the Le'Veon Bell factor. If Bell stays in Pittsburgh, Samuels, his value drops a lot, but it's up a little bit more for me just because we don't really know what's going to happen with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, There's talks like there were last year that they're close on a deal and so on and so forth, and he's going to be there. He's going to play this year, but – what the future holds, who knows? Because if they don't get a deal done this year, and they he's unrestricted free agent, but if they try to franchise him next year, that's a QB franchise, which is going to be twenty five million dollars, and they they yeah, can't even happening. yeah they can't even get a deal worked out for like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen million a year. So they're definitely not going to pay him twenty five. Yeah, it's not happening. I like Jalen Samuels as well, and again, just finding these lottery tickets at the end of the third round. That's what you're trying to do and figuring out a way. And, again, Jalen Samuels, the talent is there. Um, Excited to see what's going to happen there. So let's go back through the third round. Um, With the first pick in the third round, I took Deion Kane. Then we had Hayden Hurst, Gusecki, Jamon Moore, Chase Edmonds at five, Ito Smith, Kyle Laletta at seven, Justin Jackson, Deshaun Hamilton, Mark Andrews, the other tight end in Baltimore at ten, John Kelly, and Jalen Samuels. So hopefully – we were able to kind of shed some light on Superflex and what's going on there. So uh, real quick before we jump off, where can they find you, Steve? Uh, you guys can always find me on Twitter at SPAC21. That's S-S-P-A-C-2-1 and on the ESF Instagram page. And also I want to encourage you guys uh, to go to the website, check it out. We're always we're always updating it. We're always bringing content, whether it's articles, uh, podcast episodes, uh, whatever the case may be. And remember, NFFC, as John talked about in the beginning portion of this episode, use promo code ESF and get in touch with uh, the team here, however you want to do it, email, uh, direct messages, whatever the case may be for the After Hours event uh, with NFFC. There you go. And I am John Chapman. You can reach me on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. And I guess our closing remark for this episode is once you go super flex, you don't go back. Right on. Take care. It's a fantasy. It's all the fantasy football action that you need. Bringing you the best players every week. Who you need to drop and who you need to keep. The latest and the greatest fantasy advice. It's a fantasy, fantasy football done right.